0: Dojo, Dynamite, Dojo, and Dynamite Dojo, and Dynamite Dojo,
1: and Dynamite Dojo, and Dynamite Dojo, and
0: Dynamite Dojo, and Dynamite dojo with Rich and Ashley.
1: Hey guys, this is Ashley and Rich here with episode 14 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Saturday, January 18th. We are packing up and getting ready to leave for Miami and the cruise, And here we are, ready to provide you with another AEW Dynamite recap.
0: Yeah, it was a good show. It was a very good show. Bash at the Beach. Yeah, it's two parts. Jarrett Cruz, which will have a very unique venue look, but this was a good venue. Had surfboards and shit, lifeguards and sand. I mean, it was a good venue. I thought they did a nice job of just doing the best they could without having to go above and beyond the budget to give you a unique feel for a show, and I, I enjoyed it.
1: I thought the set looked nice. It looked good.
0: And overall, the show was good. Had a lot of unique, interesting matches. Had a couple of matches that included many of the rankings individuals top four guys top four tag teams also wrestling in a fatal four-way number one contenders match and you had pack and darby allen and you had moxley and sammy guevara which were i guess seated one two three four that was interesting also i I liked that concept that was something we haven't done yet and i like the fact that we touched upon that here obviously we touched upon it a little later, we haven't done it yet, but I think it was important, especially with the records being reset, to establish immediately, beginning of the year, these records are going to matter and the rankings are going to matter going forward.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I like the concept of the the wins and losses and the, the ranking system because it gives everyone a purpose to fight and it, it gives us that real sports competition feel. And a lot of this week's card the matches meant something. They were all fighting for, for supremacy. And yeah. I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah, between the two shows, we've getting, or we are getting the, we got the Fatal 4-Way, number one contender. Then we're getting the Tag Team Championship match. We got that little tournament, I guess you could say, with the brackets with Pack and Darby and Sammy and Mox. And now we're getting the conclusion of that. Winner gets the number one contender shot. I think it's good. It's a good little two-week bash at the beach segment that we're doing, what we're getting. And I think that's good stuff. I, I really am enjoying this. I think it's a, a good build. We're kind of concluding. We opened the series, I guess you could say, the, the two-part series with all the introducing of the matches and the number one contenders. And now we're getting the conclusion, even though it's only two weeks. I think it's a nice little, almost like a mini pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, it's it's an event.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I like having that. We don't usually get that often enough on like WWE programming. And I like that we're getting it here. Outside of, like, the draft, which I guess is usually on Raw and SmackDown, but outside of that, we don't usually get these event type of things, and I'm enjoying this. This is interesting to me. So I think that they've been doing it really, really well.
1: I I completely agree, and hopefully we get more of these two-part events or just bigger dynamite events in in the future. Now, before we dive into this week's recap, we don't have any questions, uh... No Twitter questions, no email questions for this week. But I want to take a moment here to highlight what we've got coming up. We we touched upon it before, but next week we've got our the premiere of our new segment, Drinking Beer, Talking Wrestling, featuring the Queen of NE.
0: That's a really cool segment. We talked about it a little bit last week. It's going to include some nostalgia. It's just kind of talking wrestling man you know you sit down you drink some beer you talk some wrestling with your friends whether or not you're watching wrestling or you're watching classic wrestling whatever you're doing you're hanging out and talking shit that's kind of what it is and it's really going to be a good segment I think everybody's going to enjoy it it's going to bring back a lot of memories for a lot of people and we want to hear your input also because if it's a segment that you guys enjoy we'll make more of them we'll do more segments and we'll invite more people so we're really excited for that segment that's next Saturday after we get back from the Cruise. And the week after, we'll talk about our experiences, too.
1: Yeah, I tried to recruit Hangman for this segment. He hasn't answered yet.
0: Yet. There's yet. still
1: time. We'll still there is take time.
0: him. And we're going to be on a cruise, so maybe you can harass him until he decides he wants to join. I'm
1: not going to harass him, but if Hangman wants to drink some beers and chat about wrestling, the invitation is still open. With that, though, we will go ahead and... Start this week's recap. So the show opened extremely hot. We started in the ring with the fatal four way tag team match where the winners get a future title shot against SCU.
0: I think it's next week, isn't it? It's on the cruise. Okay. Mm-hmm. This was good. This was really good. I mean, I gave it an A. From the beginning of this, I gave it an A. I thought the match was great. Uh, I mean, I know uh, Baron Corbin didn't love it, but I mean, to each their own, I guess. I thought this was really good. I enjoyed it. I think it's really intense. Like I've told you guys every single week, Hangman and Kenny are putting in the work. They are delivering a product every single week. They work really hard. They. I'm not saying that they're better than anybody else because that's not how wrestling really works, but these guys are putting in that work every single week. And obviously, they're getting the number one contender shot. They did win the Fatal 4-Way match, but... Is it the right call? I don't know
1: yeah I, I, I yeah, I hear you on that. Um, I had actually tweeted during the show, you know, can you really go wrong with any winners in the match with any outcome of the match? And in terms of talent, the answer is no. Like you said, this match was an a all of these wrestlers are you know the top the top of their league. These are some of the best guys. In the business, some of the best tag teams in the business, with the exception of Kenny and Hangman, who are not, as we've talked about before, a truly established tag team, though they seem to be on their way to becoming one. But I don't know if them winning was the right outcome. And I'm not trying to contradict what I said. Again, in terms of talent, there's no wrong choice, but there is still dissent between the elite and Hangman, between Kenny and Hangman. And the Elite already has a tag team in the Bucks, as I had said last week. And I don't know if Kenny and Paige really have a long future as a tag team.
0: And I think that's what the story is going with. And I think everybody kind of sees that. Right? They showed a little bit of the six-man work that the Elite did. I'm talking about Kenny Omega, Nick, and Matt Jackson. They did an outstanding job with the three of them together. I love tag team moves and the camaraderie of when those individuals can come together. Uh, like the Usos, the Revival, the New Day, the things that they do together, those three teams, especially in WWE, are teams that have shown so often their camaraderie with one another. And I think seeing it on a three-person group, on a six-man tag group, is impressive also. I love seeing that camaraderie. Shows that they're friends, they know each other, they have studied each other, they've practiced together, they've trained together. I enjoyed that. And it showed that Hangman sitting on the outside was not a part of that. He was not a part of that elite. They were doing their dance, and Hangman's watching him. I get that. And the fans get that. But is that what they want to see is the question.
1: That's my point. Like, we talked about a few episodes ago how AEW has the best tag division hands down in all of wrestling. And I had mentioned how... I think the tag team championship should switch hands more often because of how competitive the division is. Are Hangman and and Kenny winning this match next week against SCU?
0: And then holding the belts for a short period of time and give, But it's it, not it even just, about that. It's about, I guess, the competition level. of you have, like you said, you have all these other tag teams, and yet we're going to go with a team that is clearly going to be breaking up. Exactly. That's just it, for exactly. the sole purpose of the story, instead of trying to show competitive nature for the title belts
1: exactly when
0: teams like the young bucks teams like best friends teams like ortiz and santana are delivering fantastic tag team matches every week and they're not in that type of story
1: exactly and the kenny and page story has been just it's been building for so long i granted they were they were teaming together and that kind of got us to this point but i just don't know if this was the direction that this story necessarily had to go in in my opinion But, hey, I'm, of course, willing to see how it plays out. There really was no wrong winner.
0: I love the two of those guys together. They're a great tag team. And I like what they've done better, so much better than, like, Ziggler and Root, okay? And what I mean by that is they've let them wrestle so many tag team matches prior to getting this opportunity to go after a tag team championship. They've allowed them to establish themselves as a tag team. In terms of
1: rankings and everything. Sure, and
0: and just volume of matches. They've Mm -hmm. had, what, six now, seven now? A handful. As a team? Yeah, and it just shows that they've built slowly that camaraderie as a team together. And putting them together made sense. They were both from the elite. They were both singles guys. They both didn't have much going on. They decided to go after the tag team division. It makes sense in that concept. It makes sense. I have no problem with that. I have zero problem with that. My problem stems from, do I want to see a team challenge for the World Tag Team Championships, probably not win, but challenge to know they're just going to break up anyway.
1: You know it's just part of the story. The feeling that I have, right,
0: it's just a part of the story. It doesn't feel... Authentic. And real enough that maybe SCU might actually lose. Or like going into a match and not knowing who's going to win. I want to see new champions crown. That's the fun of wrestling. You get to watch people get coronated as the champions. And that's something that's fun to enjoy. And it's almost like when you know that somebody's not going to win the championship or they're not going to change hands, title's not going to change hands, it takes away from the impact of the match. And I think this one, that's why I see it. This one is kind of doing that a little bit. The match will be very good, and the story between Hangman and Kenny is going to be very good. But did it have to come at the sake of the AEW World Tag Team Championships? I don't think so.
1: See, I kind of feel the opposite of you. I'm sitting here going, well, what if Hangman and Kenny do win? Then what if the tag division? I think it's just because we, obviously, we don't know anything. But the way it's heading... They're on a they're on a collision course to some sort of feud that you're dying to see, and you're gonna buy the pay per view <laughs> or go to the pay per view, like you say.
0: But yeah, I gotta see the two of them wrestle. So
1: stories change, endings change. So who knows what's going to happen? But that's what it seems like is going to happen. And I just have a hard time completely buying into their championship win when I know or think that they're going to end up splitting up.
0: I but I yeah. guess it's
1: like. I guess it's the same thing, like, waiting on MJF to turn on Cody. Like, you know it's going to happen. You're just waiting and waiting. I guess this is just as combustible, their relationship. Yeah,
0: yeah. How great did you give it? Did you say? I don't know. I gave it an A, so.
1: I I give it an A also. I mean, again, hands down, some of the best talent in the ring. It was nice to see Proud and Powerful back on our TV. It's been a while since we've seen them in the ring. Yeah, and they look
0: good in this match. Everybody looked great in this match. Best friends. Everybody looked great.
1: Are fucking awesome.
0: Some people don't like multi-man matches like this, like multi-team matches, and I don't understand why, because you get such entertainment out of that. I, I Everybody looks great.
1: Well, I think sometimes they can be a bit clustered. I'm sure. But, but... this, I don't, this was not one of those instances. Nobody I've... gets
0: overexposed. When you're in a match like this, nobody gets overexposed. You're not tasked with watching one individual work for a significant amount of time where you can see a lot of their flaws. This can kind of mask some of that, usually makes a pretty good match, in my opinion. A, you're right. You're, what you said was right, also, is that, you know, but I, I, I like them.
1: Yeah, I like them too. Now, moving on, we had Cody coming out to respond to MJF.
0: It was a great promo. It was a great segment. It was an A. Anytime that Cody gets a microphone, stands in front of the audience, and cuts a promo like that, you can give it to me 10 out of 10 times. I'll watch it. It's an A. Not much really to say about it. He accepts the parameters. He accepts the steel cage, puts it in Atlanta against Wardlow. That's the biggest news, I guess, coming out of this whole thing. We knew he was going to accept these parameters. And he has a team behind him that will support him through it, which I guess is what he's kind of getting at with the uh, Nightmare family. I think it was great.
1: Yeah, what I really liked about this is, of course, Cody's fantastic on the mic, but I love how he ended up spinning the story around. And I had said this to you after we watched the show. MJF turns on Cody, betrays him, costs him the world championship and a future world championship title shot. And, you know, Cody's hurt. We've talked about how Cody's alone and he's lost and looking for direction and just he's just kind of wandering around. And then MJF is in control, and MJF lays out these these parameters, and Cody's desperate for a match. And you know MJF that that night he released the stipulations. Those were some pretty heavy stipulations. Cody's got to get whipped or lashed on television. He's got to fight in a steel cage. He he can't touch MJF until Revolution, when he's he's pissed off and hungry. You know MJF looks good, and he's on top. He's 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 the big man here. And then Cody comes out and just in this promo buries the stipulations and not in not in a bad way but cody regained control and was like mjf you're a little boy i'm the big man and for me it would just just kind of brought me through like through the motions of the story and it's just amazing how the promo can change direction
0: does and i think that mjf needs to win the match i think The way that you just said it also is you're putting a lot of pieces in place and it makes total sense. And you said that, you know, MJF's the little boy. Cody's the man. Cody's the one that's going to run this. Cody's the one that's going to take control of this. That can't happen. MJF needs to be a viable heel. And I think MJF needs to be a viable option It's believable by the audience. And the audience is going to need to feel like they want Cody to win this. They need to feel Cody winning and then losing. Because it makes MJF that much worse. It has to happen. If Cody wins this, I think it's going to hurt MJF. I do. I do. I think it's going to hurt MJF. I think Cody should overcome all the odds to get to Revolution to lose to MJF. Because it puts MJF on a plateau. I remember the Sean Spears feud, and it was a good feud. It was a very good feud. And I like Sean Spears because of the feud. However, Sean Spears immediately became almost irrelevant to the level of what Cody was at. When he lost to Cody. And MJF is too important to the infrastructure that is AEW and the future of AEW. He needs to beat Cody at Revolution. Fans need to see him as the viable heel option and need to see him as that upper mid card main event level status. If he loses, it's going to be a tough build to bring it back. And on top of that, if Cody wins, where does he go? Not in the fight for.
1: That's my thing. And that's what I talked about with Arn being his coach. What is he training for? I guess to play spoiler?
0: And then, but with that, Arn comes back. Now, it would look terrible on Cody to lose if Arn's his coach. Because he went and got help. But he needs to. He needs to establish MJF here. This one is for MJF. I know when you talk about the other, what Kenny Omega said, What the other individual said, putting over these guys is going to make them stars. Yes, it does. Like we talked about also, you can't make everybody a star. But MJF has that ability and that talent to be an important figure in AEW for a long time. And you cannot allow the fans to not take him seriously. And like you said, if Cody is going to belittle it because he's a better promo in in that regard, the babyface style, if he's going to make it feel like MJF is not important, that's going to hurt the future heel of AEW. I think he needs to get this first establishing, credible win under his belt. MJF, I'm saying. Over Cody at Revolution because I, I want to watch Cody kind of spiral a little bit and try to figure out what to do next because he can't challenge for the title. He lost to MJF, who screwed him out of his cha- only championship match. I want to see that character development from Cody because he's so great at what he does. I want to see him tackle that new character, that new development in his life. That could be something to watch on television.
1: Yeah, I, I'm definitely interested to see where Cody goes in, in the near future and, and the years beyond. And I agree with you. MJF is still very young. AEW is still very young. That we have plenty of chances to have character development and, and star building. But you don't want to miss an opportunity. And I do think that MJF should get this win. He was Cody's best friend. And... He completely took everything away from him. And I would be interested in in seeing them being like mortal enemies. Like, I feel like in wrestling, you always have that one where, you know what I mean?
0: Like Kevin Owens fights Sami Zayn. Forever. forever. Fight
1: forever. So this has the potential to be that same sort of rivalry. And MJF getting the win, I mean, that's that's two things he can hold over Cody's head forever.
0: And he should, right.
1: So, I don't recall if I gave it a grade here. I give this an A, and I can't wait to see what happens next. Now, before we get into the uh, following match, there was a brief promo by Joey Janela.
0: Yeah, I give it a C plus. Why? Because Joey, he's going to wrestle me. And when that happens, it's going to be an A. The segment's going to be an A, the story's going to be an A, the promo's going to be an A, and the match is going to be an A. But when you stick Joey Janela kind of awkwardly in front of a camera, something he's not necessarily comfortable with by his body language. And he attempts to cut a promo with this emotional standpoint that just doesn't really relate to the involvement of the story. And it's just, it was, it was what it was. It served its purpose. C+.
1: He's challenging Ray Fenix, which I originally thought was happening on The Cruise, but I believe is going to be airing on next week's Dark. If I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong.
0: I have no idea. Is that what it is? I thought he was talking about Penelope Ford.
1: He talked about Penelope Ford.
0: And he challenged Ray Phoenix in the same promo? Yes, you can't give it a grade if you don't know what happened. All right, C- now. It's a promo about Penelope Ford, then he challenges Ray Phoenix? C-. minus. Come on, Joey. Tighten this shit up. Find your motivation.
1: I liked the promo. It was short and sweet, and we don't get a whole lot of these on Dynamite.
0: Joey Janela stuff?
1: Backstage promos. Oh. A lot of the action takes place in the ring, which, don't get me wrong, I I like that. I, I don't want the the show to be taken away from the ring, but...
0: Well, Tony Khan said, what, he didn't want the invisible camera? Is that Was those his words? Was that Cody's words? He didn't want know. it to be shot with, like, an invisible camera, where somebody's standing backstage, and it's like, why are they there, and who were they talking to? And it's like, that's kind of what Joey Janela did there, but they don't do it... Often, it's not all the time, so I guess it's okay in moderation, sort of like anything in life. It's okay in moderation. Yeah, it's a
1: nice, it's a nice a change of it. pace, and it's yeah, a way it, it, to right. further the story with Penelope and, and hype up his next match and get to see Joey Janela without him being in the ring. Because again, as we've talked about, there's only so much time each week during, during Dynamite that they can dedicate.
0: You're right. And it was fine. I thought it was an okay segment in that way in regards to what it was about in terms of him standing in front of a camera talking. That's fine. They don't get enough of those. So you're right. It, it diversifies the palette a little bit and we can see a lot of everything. And I that's what I really enjoy about AEW is that they give you a smorgasbord of product. You get such a variety of characters, such a variety of styles of matches from classics to modern to hardcore to nightmare collective to dark order to you know creepiness to it gives you so much diversity that it's fun to watch some people don't like that I do keeps me entertained
1: I'm not going to grade the promo but I did want to bring it up because you have this thing where you challenge Joey Janela each week so didn't want you to miss out (laughs) thanks you're welcome but moving on we then had a tag team women's match, Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander versus the Nightmare Collective. It was supposed to be Mel and Awesome Kong, but Kong was ill.
0: Yeah, she so was. So
1: Brandy had to come in and replace her. She did. I didn't have any problems with this match.
0: No, it was average. I gave it a C.
1: I think it served its purpose. It was the first time that we saw Mel wrestle in AEW, and I think this was Brandy's first Dynamite match, if I'm not mistaken. Not her first AEW match, but her first Dynamite match.
0: I believe so, yeah. She wrestled Allie at Fight for the Fallen. Yeah. That was when she introduced Aja Kong, I believe, when they had Awesome Kong come out to kind of help her. Aja Kong came out. We haven't seen anything about that. That yeah. kind of got dropped. I don't know if that, that might have to do with...
1: I don't know. Contracts I have no idea. And, and
0: relationships yeah. with other companies. So, not going to criticize that at all. I, I thought Brandy's character was great in this match. I thought everything that she was supposed to portray, I thought she was excellent.
1: Brandy is excellent. Brandy's fantastic at what she and does. And she
0: tries really, really hard. And I know this is a lot on these shows. You're going to get a lot of pro Cody and I guess a lot of pro Brandy. But she served her purpose and, and not in a bad way. She. Served her character well. She knew her motivation. She understood her character. She went out there and played the role exactly the way she was supposed to. Hikaru Shida, Chris Statlander, both were also excellent. It's obvious that Mel might be a little green in regards to these types of matches. I don't, again, we're not familiar with her. I'm not trying to disrespect her. But she did look a little green.
1: She, yeah.
0: She was fine.
1: No, there was nothing... There's nothing wrong with the match. This was not the
0: wasn't the, terrible. No,
1: this wasn't the best women's match that they've put on, but this no. could have been a lot worse. It was not bad.
0: Was not bad. No, it was not bad. It it was average. It was it was fine. I think for what it was, it was fine, and I'm not gonna nitpick through that. No. Too much. I think that what Brandy portrayed was excellent. I thought Sheeta and Statlander were their normal good selves, and. I thought obviously with you know you get the character kind of get behind it. Match was not exceedingly exciting. It was not over the top dramatic. It was really not that physical, but it served its purpose of continuing the Nightmare Collective and continuing the story and the budding rivalry I guess between the collective and the other group of women that kind of came together last week.
1: Yeah, I liked the element of Luther. He
0: yeah, he I, I do also.
1: cheetah from getting into the ring, which caused her to kind of go after him with the kendo stick, and I've mentioned before, I want Sheeta to use that kendo stick.
0: But Me too. I too. I'd like to see a hardcore women's match.
1: I would love that. Sheeta versus Nyla Rose, tables and kendo sticks. Oh, that would be cool. Hell yeah. yeah. But I, I liked his interjection because the Nightmare Collective is this force to be reckoned with. I, I don't know if strong or dominant is the word, but they're terrorizing the women's division. So you have to keep an eye out for them. And then with Luther, even though we don't know how he's really going to get involved in terms of, like, is he going to fight any of the women? Probably not. But he just adds this extra dynamic, which I think makes it more interesting to watch. Uh, Sheeta and Statlander got the win, which... Was important. I agree. I think and it that shows was... the other women
0: are banding together to go against the Nightmare Collective, mm-hmm. which is important.
1: And, you know, now we have to see... The Nightmare Collective reset. Uh, Brandy had thrown out a tweet going over the facts of the night. Um, Mel forgot to kick out.
0: That was funny, yeah.
1: We'll see the Nightmare Collective reset, try to bounce back from the loss. and But I think it was important for those two women, Statlander and Sheeta, to, to get a win and, and get them in the title picture and, again, build that other dominant opposing faction. I give the match itself a B-minus. Then we had the first of the number one contender semifinals. I guess.
0: I guess tournament. tournament. It was the top four rankings against one another, seeded one against four, two against three. I thought that was good.
1: Yeah, so we. I had, liked that. Like I said earlier, we had Mox versus Sammy G, which in was addi- good. In addition to the rankings, we have a rivalry because Mox rejected oh, yeah, the inner circle. The inner right. circle.
0: So Sammy kinda hyped it up that he was gonna take out Mox for hitting Jericho and he's gonna get revenge for his dad or or whatever he way he put it and I thought the match was fine. I gave the match a B. I thought the match was fine. I Sammy we all have biases and everybody kinda knows who someone likes, who someone doesn't like, and you don't hide those things. And Sammy's a really good wrestler, and Sammy I I bet's a really cool guy. He just doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't do it. When he's in the ring, like I said last week He's fine, he sells well, takes moves well, puts guys over fine. There's just something about the way he works that I just can't connect to. I don't know what it is because he's talented, does great flips. His look, like I said, is not something I'm a fan of, and that's maybe it's just something about him doesn't click with me. And... Unfortunately, when I watched this match, I felt like I got a lot of Sammy Guevara. And it's not a lot of what I like. Moxley was fine. But the match itself was not bad. It was a B. It was good. It was a good match. And I like that Moxley won. I think Moxley, it was the right direction. He needs to win. He's going to look dominant. He needs to build himself. And against Pack, it's going to be big.
1: I have the match graded a bit higher. Uh, I actually gave it an A- for not only the match itself, but the antics afterward. I thought the match was really good. Mox is obviously a huge star and, and I've liked what I've seen from Sammy each time he gets in the ring. But I like that, as I've said before, this was a full length match.
0: Definitely was. I definitely got a bonus from me because of that. Definitely.
1: And that's just so important in in AEW and and in wrestling and especially with this ranking system. Mox can't squash Sammy when Sammy's in the top five.
0: No, and he shouldn't.
1: No. So this, I think, was an appropriate length. It was an appropriate battle. They went back and forth. Mox was the rightful winner. But then afterwards, he gets assaulted by all of the inner circle.
0: That segment was an A.
1: And he was blinded.
0: (laughs) Yes, he was.
1: And if you want to go back some episodes... When we were t- started to talk about the Mox versus Jericho, I had thrown out, you know, wow, it would be really cool if, like, on the cruise, you had the Jericho cruise, you have Mox kind of wreaking havoc on the ship and, and and fighting against Jericho or causing Jericho trouble, you know, o- over the championship. Well, now he's fucking blinded.
0: He's gonna have an eye patch and this, he's gonna be on a cruise. This ship. Mox
1: man this better nuts. have an eye patch and better be a fucking pirate hijacking this cruise ship next week. Yeah. I will not take anything <laughs> less. I will a, not take anything it was a, it less. It was a funny,
0: funny fucking image at the end when he comes out with his whole fucking head bandage like Terry Funk. And that was great. That was great.
1: I think, I think it was Jake Hager tweeted a picture painting of Mox with a
0: the Spongebob thing when he had the eye patch. Yeah,
1: with the <laughs> eye patch. And I'm like, I need to see this.
0: Because he's setting week. up for the cruise. It's fantastic. It has it's to weird. happen. That was an A segment. He spiked him with one of his, he was the Painmaker, by the way.
1: He was wearing a Painmaker jacket. Yep, and he,
0: he he stabs him in the eye and I think that was excellent because this is a feud and I think the Painmaker comes into play here and I'm, I'm doing a little bit of a reach. I'm kind of connecting some oh, dots. Oh, the
1: Painmaker with, with the man. I mean, right, I, I think it's, his game. I think mm-hmm.
0: they're, pulling this along the lines of this is a universal feud this is a feud that's happening all over the place including japan and they're bringing the japanese culture the japanese wrestling their japanese background from new japan into this and i think that's you're going to see some of that too They're, they're bringing it as a full story and it's much better for the fans that way
1: backing it up a little bit mox won by submission did he not
0: he did that was a pretty cool spot yeah, and that
1: was actually goes to what you were saying you had made a joke during the match i was like mox throwing out submissions and you go this time in japan <laughs> right expanded is wrestling acumen exactly and, and i think that's a perfect point and I, it, though it may be a reach i think you're on to something so yeah this segment was great the match was good everyone looked strong Inner Circle continues its reign of dominance.
0: And I'm glad nobody else came out. I'm glad the Inner Circle got the revenge well, and took out Mox.
1: Mox is a lone wolf who's coming to his and aid. They, and they, they touched that, that on commentary, mm-hmm. but no one should have come out. Who is? It, who are his friends?
0: I I agree.
1: So, no complaints. I thought that was excellent. There was a brief Dark Order segment I think we missed, if uh, I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, it was okay. Talked looks about like trying they're to going recruit. to
1: have a leader.
0: Yeah, it looks like they're gonna have a leader, and they're gonna recruit a couple of the elite guys.
1: Kenny, yeah, specifically.
0: That promo was a B. It was fine. Serve its purpose. Not much in it. That's why it's not. I can't give it a higher grade. I can't really give it a lower grade. I thought the production quality was good, and uh, that there wasn't much in it. Just it's kind of stuff that I guess if you're watching, being the elite, if you're following through on social media, you kind of know what's going on anyway. So, it's it, it was it was fine.
1: Do we know who that man is?
0: No, I think he's just a spokesperson.
1: For the Dark Order. Yeah,
0: the guy with the little like, ear thing, the little mouth piece.
1: Yeah, the guy got, like, who, like, like led the... Something.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one with the suit? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's anybody.
1: Um, No, but I like that. It was short and sweet also, but the Dark Order vignettes are great. Just think that helps add to the, the story, and I do like seeing those. Next up, after the Inner Circle uh, attack on Mox... We had a six-man tag. DDP, QT Marshall, and Dustin Rhodes versus The Butcher, The Blade, and MJF.
0: I had fun watching that.
1: This was a lot of fun. This was the perfect use of nostalgia, I
0: think. I agree. It wasn't too much. wasn't overkill. They didn't slap DDP with the World Championship make a main event WrestleMania. This was fine. And I enjoy DDP. I like DDP. Of
1: course. And
0: I did... Years worth of DDP yoga. I, I I like myself some DDP, and I'm glad that he was there. I'm glad he's in great shape. He did a goddamn splash off the turnbuckle outside the ring, which I don't even know if he did in his prime, first of all. <laughs> but I thought DDP looked great. Dustin was in it, so anything Dustin's in, I like. Uh, QD Marshall, again, very underrated wrestler. People just, they see him, and they might think, uh, you know, it's QD Marshall. But he's he's every time we've seen him, he's been very good. And Butcher, Blade, MJF, I like them. Bunny was great. I, the match was a good B. I mean, it wasn't anything wild, crazy, over the top. It, it wasn't a barn burner by any means, but it was a different kind of enjoyment. The, the Moxley match with Sammy Guevara was a B. We got a full-length match. It was hard-hitting back and forth. This was just nostalgia-driven, exciting. It was a B. It was a fun match, and if you are into it, you want to go back, take a look. Who, what was Bash to the Beach without having like a little DDP?
1: That's, that's what I mean. I think, who else would you have in this match other than DDP?
0: Well, he's probably the only guy they can still really go. If you're may, hearkening back to those may, days.
1: Maybe true. But, you know, I think his inclusion was perfect. But it also comes full circle with his beef with MJF, his beef with the Butcher and the Blade because of him being an ally with the Nightmare Collective. I'm sorry, the Nightmare Family. I guess also the nightmare same thing thing. but I thought this was really fun I gave it a B plus MJF got his ass kicked a little bit in this match and you know I think that just kind of goes back to the Cody promo where he's like you know you need to be put in your place kid and obviously we talked about how that feud should end but I just thought this was well done perfect place on the card nice and fun. And then that brings us to our main event, which was the second of the number one contender semifinals: Darby Allen versus Pac. This match was great. This was everything I think. It was the we right expected. main event. Absolutely. You know, we thought,
0: why wouldn't the story-driven inner-circle Sammy Guevara versus John Moxley match main event? But this was the right main event. It was a fantastic match. Pac and Darby Allen were excellent. Darby Allen lands. Uh, like, Kota Ibushi on the back of his head.
1: Imagine that match. No. As a quick side note. That would be insane.
0: Do you know how much bigger Kota Ibushi would look than Darby Allin?
1: In terms of muscle, maybe. Yeah.
0: The guy's enormous right now.
1: Let's not get too sidetracked. Um, though, this match was awesome. Darby Allin is always so much fun to watch in the ring. He's crazy. He's reckless. And then, you know, you pair that with Pac, who is reckless and dangerous in his own way. This was everything that I expected it to be. And we've we've talked before how being in person, seeing a Pac match is one thing compared to watching on television.
0: Well, he works much better for the TV audience. He's a great wrestler. He's super smooth, super sharp, great shape, very athletic, very slow.
1: In the arena when you don't have the commentary and Yes,
0: and not deliberate, just slow.
1: But what I was going to say on that note is the more that we've seen him, though he's not on Dynamite every single week, I've actually grown much fonder of him. He's very and I've good. had he is I've very developed good. a large appreciation for Pac and I want to see
0: more though. I, told I was you gonna that. say,
1: like, I want to see him on television more than we already do.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I completely agree with you. I said that a couple weeks ago. We got to see this guy more. He's very, very talented, and he's a big deal. He's a main eventer. We got to see this guy, and he cuts good promos, and he's coming after Kenny. But I want to see him wrestle. Get him out there. And this was great main event. Put him in the spotlight. Darby Allen, of course, is excellent. Crowd loves him. Pack out there on display. It was a really good match. I think people really should take a look at that one that was a really good match
1: I loved it the reception I saw online was very positive for this match so if you check out anything from bash at the beach dynamite I would definitely recommend this match and next week uh, or this week coming up we're going to have the finals pack versus mox number one contender spot and this is huge because the last time they faced off ended in a draw
0: and I'm sure that's going to be the main event
1: Maybe not World Tag Team Championship match.
0: You're right, you're right, you're right. Which should be the main event.
1: Of course.
0: It may not, but it should be. Because that world title matches, regardless of where they are, should be the main event. I know they haven't put the women's match in the main event, but they have done it for the tag team titles twice. They have done it for the world title. I think it does belong there. I'm, I'm big on that. Championship matches are bigger. They're supposed to be more important. That's a good spot to be on. Moxley comes out at the end of this match kicks open the back of the ambulance because Pac goes, I'm the number one contender. I'm not facing John Moxley. Moxley's incapacitated. Moxley's not wrestling. He doesn't have an eyeball. I'm the number one contender. We're not having a match next week on the cruise. And Moxley says, well, fuck that shit, man. Kicks the fucking ambulance door open and goes, you motherfucker. Walks his way onto the top of the ramp, has his entire goddamn head bandaged. like I said, Terry Funk, ECW One Night Stand 2006. Mick Foley rips his fucking eye out. That's an A segment. And what an image. He stands in front of the Bash at the Beach logo with his goddamn head taped up and he's got blood stains on him. It was great. It's awesome. That's what wrestling's about. It's awesome. It's a good ending.
1: It was. It was a great ending. And I had said to you, you know, it seems obviously, as we've said plenty of times before and as we've seen on the shows, the direction they're heading in is Mox versus Jericho for the belt. And you've touched on the fact that it'll be Mox versus Pack afterwards.
0: That's the direction I think it should go in.
1: I-, I think that makes sense.
0: They've stayed away from each other enough to make me think that's what they're going to be doing post.
1: Yes, and w- what I was getting at is Pac has this obsession with rubber matches. <laughs> he had his rubber match with with hangman he's begging for his rubber match with kenny and then you know this just sets it up perfectly if mox gets the win their rubber match can be maybe for the belt somewhere down the line i don't know that's could be a reach but
0: especially if they do another event though no it's not a reach especially if they do another event like the way they did bash at the beach and you do another kind of event between let's just say double or nothing two and revolution and that could be a big main event of that show because I think those shows should be important and should give you a feeling of importance so yeah definitely rubber match for pack. rubber matches
1: forever no but all in all this was a really fun
0: very good first half of Bash of the Beach
1: I really enjoyed it can't wait to see what happens next week on the cruise I think it's going to be a really fun environment looking forward to being a part of it uh, but we've got some exciting matches ahead and I think it should be fun
0: Yeah, and with that, I'm going to give you the flashback match. And that's this week. We're talking about World Championships. And I know this is kind of a random one, but WWF Unforgiven 2001. You could check it out on the WWE Network. It is Unforgiven 2001, Kurt Angle in his hometown against Stone Cold Steve Austin for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. And... Just a bit of a reaction from the crowd, and it's a good match. Underrated, kind of forgotten about, right in the heat of the invasion. So, kind of forgotten about in that in that regard, but because the No Mercy the next month was a much bigger show. Jericho, Rock, RVD, Angle, Austin, all those types of things. But this one was an underrated one. Good match, check it out. Unforgiven 2001, Austin, Angle, World Wrestling Federation Championship.
1: Now, before we conclude, there was a lot of... There were a lot of things that happened this week in the wrestling world at large. AEW signed an extension for TNT.
0: They did do that. You're right. They did do that. And that's great. I mean, that's awesome. And, And Matt Jackson said, fans don't have to worry anymore because we're here to stay. There's not a nervous feeling of, oh, man, if they screw up, they're fucking toast. And there's not that feeling anymore. Now the fans know, they understand that... AEW is going to be on TNT at least through 2023 and they have a lot more time to do it you don't have to worry anymore they have some bad episodes they have some bad ones they're they're here hopefully for the long haul and now fans can kind of look at it and say hey this is good
1: and we're getting a second show on top of that I think that's so awesome I have so many questions now are we getting a secondary title? Are, are we going to see the development of a women's tag division? Is this going to be seen as like a separate brand? These were. This announcement came while I was at work, so this is what I was thinking about. I, throughout I definitely the day. think
0: you're right. There definitely needs to be a secondary championship. I don't want to call it a secondary championship. Nobody does. An additional. An additional championship. championship needs to be competed for. Whether or not it's on that show, on the regular show just gives the guys more to fight for, especially because there's more television to air on.
1: I agree. And I'm sure we're going to see this happen very soon. Everything is going to come together sooner rather than later. These were just some of the initial thoughts that I had. But this is fantastic news for them. They've had so much success in their first year in their first few months on television and you know i've been talking about how i want more AEW. you know there's only so much that can happen in a two-hour dynamite and i just think this is going to be great exposure for all the talent and it's great for the fans
0: i agree but you know what else is great for the fans bullet club beach party
1: yes so that actually transitions to what i was getting at next sort of uh i can't wait for the bullet club beach party gonna be fun It is going to be very fun. Tampa is going to be a blast. And WrestleMania weekend is shaping up to be quite an experience. Marty Scurll re-signed with Ring of Honor. In an unexpected turn of events for me, at least. And he's now booking.
0: I don't know how I feel about it. I've always been a fan of Ring of Honor. This is coming from a fan piece. Okay, Go to the shows in Hammerstein Ballroom. And we didn't miss a show. And it hit a lull period. And then when they got AJ Styles and they had a better relationship, we kind of picked up again. And then they lost everybody. And I didn't go to ROH shows for a minute. Now, Marty Scurll going to be booking all this. And it looks like NWA has a relationship, which interests me. A couple bigger stars coming in. Different styles of matches. I'm okay with that. New Japan, obviously the Super Card of Honor. That one's going to have a lot of guys from New Japan, from NWA, from ROH, I'm sure, all intermingling. But what happens the other, like, 10 months of the year? Does Marty Scurll maintain that relationship with NWA? Do they open the door to AEW? Otherwise, I can't say I'm exceedingly interested in ROH still. I think I'm going to have to see it play out, of course, but if... It's not going to be as consistent with some of the other talents. I don't know if Marty's going to make the difference. I'm not saying that Marty's going to fail. I'm not going to say that at all. Marty could be one of the most successful bookers on the planet. I'm saying, I don't know, unless they can keep that relationship maintained with all those groups and have the integration between all the platforms and have these different styles of feuds and these different wrestlers coming in and out, I don't know if that's even going to be enough for ROH to sustain, the mighty has fallen pretty far. I hope it doesn't. I I am an ROH fan. It's kind of what got me into the style of wrestling. I was really a big if it's not major league, I'm not watching it until about 2011 when I really got into it. Went to the first ROH show, Eddie Edwards versus Davey Richards, blew me away, turned me onto it, and it. I really do hope it's successful. It just looks like it's almost too little, too late.
1: The announcement itself just took me by surprise because we were talking about how everything was lining up for Marty to join AEW as Cody's, you know, support and backbone, and you know, and then there were the the NXT versus AEW rumors, and this was just something that I had not thought of as an as an option. So it took me by surprise, but I, I think it'll be interesting. Time will tell. We have no answers, obviously. Zero. So this is. There's no speculation. We, we even, have no
0: connections. We don't no. have any insider information. We're just sitting.
1: But to here your talking point, there. you're. You know, you're like. I don't know if it's going to make a difference. No one knows. We don't. No one has Nobody that information. Does. We all just have to sit and see how it plays out. But you know, already with the super card of honor. Um, a lot of Bullet Club members have been announced for that. Well, Ospreay was announced, so you got that New Japan integration kind of seeming to mend Jay that. White. R- Kenta, ELP, Jay White.
0: Was G.O.D. announced yet?
1: No. But it seems like we're going to be seeing some Ring of Honor members at the Bullet Club beach party.
0: That's possible.
1: And, yeah. well, they already announced the Beer City Bruisers. Oh,
0: yeah, I guess they did. Well, it makes sense. I mean, Beer, Beer Bullet Beer Club, City Beach Party. Mean, yeah, just
1: it makes sense. But I think that's going to be a really fun weekend. We're not going for WrestleMania. <laughs> we're going No, we're for, coming like, back
0: in time for WrestleMania.
1: Everything but WrestleMania, I, but...
0: I like having a WrestleMania party. I went to WrestleMania 29. I had my experience there. It rained. It was fucking cold. We had great seats, though. But regardless of it, I really enjoyed having WrestleMania parties. I mean, that's just me. I enjoy hanging out. You know, you, you make a big old board, throw down... Dollar bets, and, and we have fun. I mean, you can't... doesn't get much better. I don't want to sit in the rain. But I will get on a plane, fly to Tampa on Friday night, party all day Saturday at the beach, beach party, jump on a plane and come home in time for my WrestleMania party.
1: I'm trying to get him to go out Thursday so we can see Mox at Bloodsport as he rolls his eyes across the room. What if that's also when we get Tamatonga versus Enzo? Then we have to go.
0: Is it going to be real, though? Is that a real fight or is this going to be like some bitch shit? Because, like, if Tama and Enzo need to square up, and I'll go. If they're going to square up, I'm going to go. If this is going to be shoot, I'm going to go. Tom better fuck his day. <laughs> better fuck his day. If they're going to square up, I will go Thursday. If they're not going to square up, if this is going to be a wrestling match, I'm not watching it. Takes away the fun of it.
1: That's something that I. Didn't know that I, like, wanted to see in my life.
0: Tama kicked the shit out of Enzo? Yeah. Yeah. It better be fucking real. Like, bare knuckle box. I don't know what, there's no rules in Florida. You see that shit on news all the time. There's no rules down there. They just do what they want. There's crazy people down in Florida. They can just fist fight, why not?
1: Blood sport. Maybe, if you're gonna be in Tampa, If Tama weekend. fights
0: Enzo like bare knuckle, I'll go Thursday. If not, then Friday night, party all day, beach party Saturday. Fly home Saturday night for the WrestleMania party Sunday. And that's WrestleMania weekend.
1: If you're going to be in Tampa, let us know. We'll hang out.
0: Go to the beach party.
1: Yeah. Get your ticks.
0: GA still available.
1: VIP is still available too. Don't
0: know if it will be by the time I listen to this.
1: Yes, cannot guarantee, but at the time of this recording... Tickets were still available, VIP, G A. You can buy meet and greets separately if you're getting G A or or if you need additional for VIP.
0: Check it out. Bullet Club Beach Party, Whiskey Joe's, Tampa, April 4th, 10 AM to about 4 PM. Fun. Come by. There's gonna be games, volleyball, drinking, eating, bullet club shit, man.
1: Bullet club and us. (laughs) And us. Cannot wait. But with that, this brings us to the end of this week's episode.
0: Please, questions, comments, anything. We do get some comments. I'm glad that you guys engage as much as you do, and I'm glad that you guys are hyping us up as much as you are and advertising us. I'm not going to call it advertising, but, you know, advertising us to other individuals who are looking for podcasts. I'm really glad that you guys are doing that. Thank you to, like, J.R.J. J. McClure. We see him hype us up all the time. I really appreciate it. We don't forget about you guys. We don't ignore it. We see it. No, uh, that's,
1: so, that's so appreciated. Just yeah. telling someone to listen to us, that is... It means thank the world you. to us. It does.
0: It means the world thank to you. us. But Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter. Check us out. Leave us comments, questions, anything. We have a segment we want to answer questions, but there's only so many questions we can get from everybody. So hopefully you guys will get in there, give us some new questions and whatnot, and we'll answer them and talk about them. So until then.
1: Until then, thank you for listening. We'll see you after the Jericho cruise